Welcome back, listeners, to another live episode of The New Standard. And I have my partner in crime to my left, Neil Kulong. What's up, Neil? Oh, we're just coming off of a big game, Lance. It's uh, It was a long night. It got a lot more exciting than it probably should have been at the end. The Steelers, though, were able to pull off the victory, uh, which is always a good thing. But I'm willing to bet that the main discussion of this is going to be how uh, how not good of a game it it uh, it was in the eyes of fans. But uh, we'll break it down either way. How's that? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you can get a dub and say when incorrect, you take that and you move next week. Um, I believe they have the Lions on the schedule next week. And um, so you win and correct. You go to the next one. You don't apologize for the wins, but you continue to try to improve and try to get better each week before we jump into a program. Want to give a big shout out to the sponsor of the show, High Bar Apparel. Big up to those guys. Want to also say that you can find a show on all of your podcast platforms, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you have, Apple Pods. You can find it there. You can also find a show on youtube we are live so please spread the word let everyone know about the new standard i think we are the elite best podcast on the net um on twitter we we were i was asked uh by a particular person on twitter what's what what makes our show different and what what do we stand out how do we stand out and i think we give an honest opinion uh, of the steelers a non-homer perspective and neil given his experience as a beat reporter beat reporter on the beat and and his different media jobs that he has a behind the curtain perspective that he brings to the show that I don't think you get on any other podcast. So let's jump right into it. Let's break this game down, Neil. And we like to do it with a couple of intro segments. We go Neil's number. And for, for Neil's number this week, it's, it's, it's a lottery number, actually. You know, if you play the lottery, you play the three numbers, you can combinate the numbers, any number hit, you, you know, you, you'll, you'll win, you'll win it. You know, you know, I'm old school, combinate me. Um, you know, if, if you guys don't know what combinate me means, you know, it's like if you got like a five, two, seven, you play combinate me and you, you know, you, any combination of the three numbers, you get the mm-hmm. win. But if you hit the exact number, you get paid out more combinate me i mean that's just how we say it on the north side yeah, in manchester it works, it works. Know, one, five, two, three, three. uh big up to my guy though who hopped on live my boy squareopolis mr uma mr rod wartell pick up pick up mr uma uh yes love it big rod hopping on the program my guy from out here so neil let's hop right into it give me your number that best breaks this game down it i think it, this is one of those games as a reporter it, it's what you call the the nightmare because every beat reporter that's in the press box that's under an immediate deadline had to rewrite the lead of their story probably four or five times because of, of the, the swings back and forth at the end. Those are the hardest stories to tell. And from my perspective, there's a lot of different ways that you can go with this. For me, where I'm sitting right now at 10 to midnight on a, a really long Monday for me <laughs> is – it's a combination of things. My combinated, combinated number is uh, I'm going to go with three, two, and fifty nine. And the reason I'm saying that is three penalties on Kevin Dotson tonight, two holding and a false start on the final drive that they needed yards and to, to get in the field goal range. Three penalties for Dotson tonight. I counted two sacks that Dan Moore allowed. 
I could be wrong about that. Somebody please correct me if I am. I'm calling it too. It felt like it was a lot more. A lot of pressure given up from him, including the Cassius Marsh sack, which really kind of swung this game into anarchy by the end of it. I'm not sure how many of you were, were out in public arguing with people about this. The reason this is important, Cassius Marsh, as you all know, was cut by the Steelers in August for a variety of, of quality reasons. The fact he's still in the NFL is surprising. He's a UCLA guy. That's is he? Okay, one. well, he yeah. sucks. He's not. Only Dan Moore would allow a sack to Cassius Marsh, all right? Let's put it that way. Baby bears. Baby bears. Cassius Marsh then hopping backwards, clearly in, in a, a an expressive manner toward the Steelers bench, which is something I even called out at the time immediately on Twitter because you saw him do it right away. What a hero this guy is. It was a coverage sack. It took you like five effort, five-time effort to get past the Steelers' worst pass protector. And finally, you took the quarterback down. He taunted the Steelers. I don't know what he said. I know that the official was right on top of it and heard what he said. There's a new penalty in the NFL. I shouldn't say new penalty. Excuse me. There's an enforcement on taunting this season. They've made adamantly clear up up to and including week nine that they were going to call it everything Cassius Marsh did fit the rule as it's written in a season that they told everybody they were going to enforce it I don't know what the problem here is I, I really don't they're going to call that I'll tell you what though if it was Derek Tuska if it was Taco Charlton if it was one of the 19 people that the Steelers would rather have on their team than Cassius Marsh and they did that I'd call him out for being idiots because that's exactly what Cassius Marsh is right now. For him to sit on the sideline and act as if he didn't do anything wrong, it's, it, it, that's a rookie move. and That's embarrassing. Plus, you try to embarrass your opponent. You try to embarrass the team that, it, out of charity, gave you money to, to sit and do nothing on their team last year, whether you were on the field or not. To hell with that guy. It was the right call. I don't like the rule. But based on the way the rule is written, that's what it should have been, and that's what it was. So those are my three numbers. I feel those things fit together because it's really late, and I was going somewhere with the penalty thing and decided to rip on cash and smart. Let me ask you this question before I get to my number. What's what's going on with uh, the offensive line where uh, – because I, I think we thought we were going to see a shift in the starting lineup. Uh, what's going on with Zach Banner? I mean, I mean, of course we're not there. <laughs> Is Zach Banner not healthy? Because you you can't tell me that Dan Moore is playing so well that no. th th it doesn't constitute an offensive line shift. He's playing garbage football. I mean, he's not playing good football. I, I mean, and like Melvin said, and big up to Mel, thank you again, once again, right. Mel, for contributing to Omega Gents and buying some popcorn uh, from my nephew. The OL took a step back this week, the offensive line. And, and that's absolutely the case. It was, it was um, bad tonight. It was bad. You know, what, what's, what's, going, what, what's going on with uh, Zach Banner not being able to get on the field? Is he still hurt? I mean, he's activated. So, you know. My only guess, Lance, would be, and I, I hate to do this because it, it isn't right. There are two things as a reporter I don't want to speculate on without knowing. One is a guy's mental health. You don't know. Don't act like you know him from social media, all right? If you're not in the locker room, if you're not talking to him, if you're not hearing from people who would know, you don't know. Don't speculate on their mental health. The other one is don't fat shame people, okay? 
Zach Banner is a large man. Zach Banner probably has to bust his ass to keep himself at an optimal weight. And I'm not judging him or anything like that. I'm just saying that is a challenge a lot of those guys have. It, it's tough to, to keep weight. My guess would be if he had a knee injury, he didn't have the opportunity to condition the way that he would have wanted. And maybe his weight got out of control. Maybe his, his stamina it isn't back yet. That would be my guess. I've also said on this segment as well, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something similar for Stefan to it, but I don't know enough to say. Um, beyond that, I, I promise you, it is not a competitive reason to keep Zach Banner on the bench right now in comparison to what they have uh, at left tackle. The last two games Dan Moore have played uh, have been worse than the, the first couple of games he played. He's regressing now. Now it's a problem. Now it's no longer Pat the rookie on the back. He's doing a great job. He was really bad tonight. Uh, he was even worse against Cleveland with a tough assignment, but he wasn't good. It's a move the team needs to make. And as, as soon as they are able to, I trust that they're going to because they see the same thing that we're seeing. And he's looking like he's susceptible to speed rushing. I mean, he's he's really bad on his kick step. He's late. He's, he's not getting out of his to stance. defensive players. It doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> <laughs> if they're fast, if they're fast, then it's even worse. But it's not like so there's, Neil, there's not a guy he's going to handle. Just, so you're there, not there isn't. He is legitimately one of the worst tackles in the NFL. He shouldn't be out there. That's why you don't have fourth round rookies starting from week one in the NFL. They're not good enough to play. You, if they're drafted that late, they're not going to be good enough. If they're really good, they're going to be taking top 15. It's, right, it's a marquee right, position. Right, so, right. It, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to rip the guy. It's nothing personal. Um, he was he was an investment. He was a project. They did no. not want him to start as much as he has had to start this season. I know you're not trying to rip him, Neil, but you are doing quite a good job I can't at it. Pull back on that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and no, I'm not going to fat shame because, you know, I'm at an optimal weight for podcasting. So that, that's that's so I'm not going to tell you what my weight is, but it's optimal to sit behind a microphone. It's good enough for all of you. Yeah. Just deal It's with good it. enough for all of you and to judge other guys that actually play on the field. But let me jump into a question before we jump into my number. And that comes from longtime listener Wes Hickok and Wes at Ask the question, is it time to give Steven Simmons a chance and bench Ray Ray, Neil's favorite player, McLeod? Uh, I, I, I've already ripped Cassius Marsh and Dan Moore. There's no way I could hold back on, on my buddy Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, I, I was telling Lance this off air. Um, there's, a, a, there's an economics that comes into the game. You have to take on some players that have – something of a prominent role for cheap. And it's a question of risk. It's a question of exposure. It's a question of experience. When you have a punt returner, you're looking at a guy that can reliably catch a ball. I'm not sure how many of you have, have uh, caught a punt before. It's really hard to do. And as, as a guy who's been on the sideline and been involved with NFL operations and been a guy who's caught the punters warming up, I can tell you now the ball is hard as a rock. And it is coming down at like 40 miles an hour. It hurts to catch that. So all respect in the world to punt returners. In my opinion, it's the most underrated hard job in the NFL. Ray Ray McLeod, it, it, he's not up to par, <laughs> okay? I think that that's become adamantly clear at this point. He does so, at least one stupid thing every game. 
and it almost cost him a game tonight. Frankly, it should have. I have no idea what defense the Chicago Bears were playing at the end. They sh- Pittsburgh should have lost this game it, at the end. Justin Fields should have done enough to win this game for them. Their defense really let them down at the end. Ray Ray McLeod, though, it, it, he's the, the the catalyst of what Chicago was able to do at the end. They, they pistol whipped the Steelers defensively in the second half. They absolutely destroyed them. Ray Ray let them back in the door. Now, the question that I have made as it used to be a joke on Twitter, and now I'm dead serious about it, after five weeks of it, can you really not find anybody better? I, I don't understand this. this. This is beyond hoping to save a few dollars now. You're halfway through the season. You are, surprisingly, a, a playoff contender now. You need to shore up your punt returner, okay? You need to shore up your fifth receiver. You, you can't tell me you can't find better players to do that right now. Those guys are dime a dozen, to be honest, on the, on uh, not even the waiver wire. Just in free agency right now, you should be able to find uh, somebody that can handle that job better than what Ray Ray McLeod has showed uh, he's capable of doing over the last couple of weeks. Before I jump into my number, and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they they have they have, you know, they've earned the right now at five and three to be in the playoff picture. They've won the five games. And I think they do, correct me if I'm wrong, they do have the Lions next week. If they play, you know, if they play, you know, if they play pretty well, because they had a Lions at home, you know, you get to six and three, and all of a sudden, I think the fan base will overestimate what this team is. But before I get into this number, I want to jump into a comment here from Ariel 75. 53 was manhandled uh, tonight. And, you know, it's interesting, and, and I'll take it this way. The reason why I think Ariel 75 wrote 53 is because, Kendrick Green has not played well enough to mention his name. He hasn't earned and, name yet. And he doesn't get to be called by name. <laughs> you know, and let me give you a number. Let me give you guys a number. And this is not my number. I'm, I'm going to give you my number. Um, Najee Harris, 22 carries, 62 yards, 2.8 yards per carry with a long of 13. Think of that. You get 62 yards, you have Najee a long game, of 13. <laughs> typical. So what's He's that not tells nearly you? as good as Steelers fans think he is. He's not nearly as bad as the data analytics freaks make him out to be. He's in the middle of those two things, but the offensive line got destroyed tonight. Najee didn't have much of a chance. I thought, Lance, he he looked better running tonight than he has. He hit the hole hard. He had a, a, a level of burst and agility, at least in the earlier parts of the game, that we haven't really seen from him. The game seems to be kind of <laughs> slowing down for him now. I'm happy with that. that that's oh. good. I, I did not expect numbers from Najee Harris this season. And if I'm did, laughing. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'm laughing at um, Steelers freak. He said Boswell has better hands and he could take a hit now. Yeah, He's Boswell's volunteer. been hit. Boswell's been hit two times more often than Devin Bush has hit anybody in the last two weeks. How about that? <laughs> You're a team MVP now. See, see, this is why I'm glad we have Neil on late. Neil at oh, night, baby. God. Neil uh, is on a roll. I'm holding back. <laughs> <laughs> I am cranky. Well, here's my number. 12 for 115. I, I think the difference in this game was the penalties. And, and Neil alluded Absolutely. to it, uh, you know, with the Marsh penalty. I think the difference in this game were penalties. I mean, the Bears had 115 penalty yards. And when you look at this game, you know, you look at total yards overall, I mean, they dominated the game overall in that facet anyway. They have 414 net yards to the Steelers' 280, and they had 115 penalized yards. 
you know, imagine if you cut the penalties in half. This was a very interesting game, not a well-played game. Uh, I, I know the Steelers are five and three. The only thing I could say coming out of this game is there's a lot of meat on the bone still. And but at some point in time, when the meat gets cooked, you gotta shave the meat off the bone. I mean, at some point in time, you can't keep leaving meat on the bone. And you know, it was really weird because I was watching the game with my dad, and you were talking about Devin Bush just now, Neil. And you know, you know, my dad was this Devin Bush playing. And um, you know, the, 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 the uh, I, I forget the guy. Was it Levy? Steve Levy? Who's the guy? In my Steve, Steve Levy's the play-by-play. Guy. The play-by-play guy. Steve Levy said, "Is Devin Bush playing?" I mean, it was like in sync. <laughs> I mean, it was like in sync. Like man, uh, and, and James Galloway said, "You know, there's a lot of fat on that." He's absolutely right. You know, this is great F beef here. You know, there's not much meat. There's a whole lot of fat. At least that is the encouraging thing about the performance is that there's a lot still there. And I'm, you know, I'm trying my best to be optimistic about it where they can't necessarily play worse than they did tonight. And they did score, you know, the most points that they've had all year. They scored 29 points. You know, this is the first time that they eclipsed, uh, 28 points for the year. It might be the last thing. Well, I don't think the Bears have done it yet, but there are some numbers that are distressing in this game. You know, against a Bears defense without Khalil Mack, that's not very good without Mack. They give up four sacks. They only convert six of 17 third downs. And, and, and the 17 attempts on third down just shows you that they weren't getting much out of their offense. They only averaged 4.2 yards per play. I mean, that is that's like high school, uh, eighth grade pop Warner ish. I mean, that that's really hard to do to only get 4.2 yards per play. I mean, where they won this game was penalties and turnovers. There's a lot of meat on the bone, but man, I'm not coming away from this game overall feeling warm and fuzzy you take the win you got the lions next but man i mean you, here's another number that stands out the bears averaged 7.1 yards per play to the steelers 4.2 they averaged 8.7 yards per pass play to the steelers 5.1 and let me just lock in on that number and, and, when, and when you look at and, and this is why you have to watch the game because when you look at Ben Roethlisberger's numbers, he was 30 for 21. He was 21 for 30, excuse me, for 205 yards. So if you have 21 completions for 205 yards, that's not that's not very good. He But he had a quarterback rating of 111.1. So if you didn't watch the game and you just look at those numbers, you go, wow, he had a great game. He played really good. I don't think so. And let me just ask you this. Am I way off by saying the better quarterback tonight was Justin Fields? It's not even close. Justin Fields outperformed Ben Roethlisberger in pretty much every aspect of the game. The turnover, if if we want to pin that on Fields, that that really was just a hell of a play by Cameron Hayward. I mean, I, yes. I don't know how much I can give that to Fields, but that's going to knock his rating down. The, the, the rating stat is so skewed toward those interceptions that 
it, it's hard to definitively say. I mean, it, Ben's game, by those numbers, he had an immaculate game, and that's not even close to, to what it was in reality. He had a lot of, of turnover-worthy plays, in my opinion. Uh, the Bears left plenty of meat on the bone themselves. I'm sure they're going to notice Inaccuracy, that. a lot of inaccuracy. Bad well, he ball wasn't accurate. It. Yeah, he didn't throw the ball well today. Um, I don't think anybody in the offense played well today, except for Fryermuth, to be honest with you. Um, that I'll give Ben that two great throws. I, I really enjoy how it, he, Ben clearly has a favorite target on this team, and it's Fryermuth. And he, he puts it up where Fryermuth is going to be able to catch the ball. You think it's Fryermuth? You think it's Fryermuth? Oh yeah, they, they get results every time he throws to him. You know, Boy. I think I, I I can see why you say that because he gives it to him. He throws it to him in the red zone. He's confident in Fryermuth as the only red zone threat. Because Firemuth gets a majority of the targets. Yeah, the two passes but, that he made today to him, though, were perfect. Perfect throws for where he needed to be. The touchdown he had against Cleveland was a perfect throw. Um, it, it, it's There's something there between those two that it, we, we haven't really seen, I don't think, in the last couple of years, probably. Everything else I, seems to be kind of a struggle. But I'm going to agree with James Galway. And hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Thank you, James, to the program. I have not seen your name on the live chat. Thank you for hopping on. He's Please Irish. spread Galway. the word. Um, is it Galway? Galway in Ireland. It's the county in Ireland. It's where my family's from. Oh, maybe you guys are. Uh, James, are you Irish as well? Oh, maybe Wait, you guys James. are. You're on maybe the show. you guys <laughs> are. Um, I'm going to say paisans. I know which is Italian. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I don't. I don't. We use. You know, I don't know the Irish. I don't know the Irish definition of paisan. Um, you know, drinking buddy, probably. Um, uh, That's probably what we'd call it. But um, I think Deontay Johnson is his favorite wide receiver because he goes to Deontay Johnson when they need to win games. When they need to seal games, he goes to Deontay Johnson. And Double H wrote Irish seven course meal is a six pack of is a six pack of a potato. Uh, hey man, I I, I don't know, I but uh, um, <laughs> but I I've had a, a quite a few libations in Irish pubs. I will of, say a lot that. of six packs, a lot of potatoes. <laughs> I've hey, lived I, it, believe me, I know. If you guys are familiar with Pittsburgh and Manchester on the north side, you know Shamrock Shamrock Bar. Mm -hmm. I know oh, Shamrock yeah. might have closed by I now. Know that. It, but, no, uh, it's still there. It's still oh, there. Shamrock still there. Yeah. There's still degenerates in there. Yeah, of course, I you know I'm sure I was I was in there <laughs> plenty of times. On. You know, you get a Pepe sandwich, and then you get a your Shamrock. You know, I used to get the fried zucchini, get a Pepe's, get take it to Shamrock. And, you know, it was cool. It was all, you know, yeah. me and my cousins we ripped out. You know, whatever. You know, it is. Hey, I'm not gonna incriminate myself. You know, I'm immunized. But anyway, <laughs> overall, Neil, give me your grade. For this performance, God, outside of Pat Fryermuth and Chris Boswell, um, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, I don't, I don't think anybody was good. To be honest, it was, it, it was a bad game. They, they didn't play well. Um, overall, it, because they got the win, I'm going to give it a C minus for for the team. Um, that's a, to me, that's probably the lowest grade you can get for a win. Um, you have to have a really messed up game i'm talking 24 to 6 against the houston texans in 2002 where you allow 47 yards of offense and lose by three touchdowns that level of of loss 
or that level of a win for the Houston Texans would probably score lower than a C minus overall. I remember tonight. I'm giving that was the dumbest game ever played. Uh, tonight, Steelers C minus. They they weren't good. The offensive line was was uh, particularly bad. They took a step back in that direction today. I'm not surprised by that. Uh, we've been pumping them up a bit the last couple weeks. They're still a young unit. We are still going to have ups and downs like this. We're we're going to see these kinds of things. Uh, the win is the important thing. And if you are somebody that wants to put a, a playoff appearance as kind of the the tangible goal for this season. They won in that regard. They they got the win, which is obviously more important, uh, against a team they absolutely had to beat. They're going to be at least a touchdown favorite next week as well. C-minus isn't going to cut it in back-to-back weeks. They are not good enough to play like this twice in the NFL and go 2-0. and They're just not good enough to do that. So um, it, a, a C-minus, that should be lower. I almost want to put, like, I want to put the grade in probation and see what happens next week and then judge it based on that. But we'll, we'll get into that in our regular show. Yeah. I got to give them a, I'm going to give them a flat C and I I want to get nine against Detroit. Wow. Detroit's bad. You know, and I want to give you guys, I want you guys to hop in with the grades. Is this you, Neil Steelers wire? It's it's not me, but it it is my namesake here. I appreciate it. Steelers wire. Yeah. Thank you, Matt Latimer. I can only assume that's you. Yeah, way to go, Steelers Wire, for hopping on the program. Minus nine and a half. I wouldn't touch that with your hands. I, 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 took, the, I took the Bears plus six and a half. I'm not taking no way. Steelers can't beat anybody by that much. We just saw it tonight. They're not that good of a team. Yeah, this is a team that struggles to score nine points. Yeah. I mean, they average 18. I mean, look, look at what they had to do to get to 30. And they did all of it except they missed an extra point from the guy who hit two gonzo kicks in the fourth yeah, he, quarter he, to win the game. Even he. Even he had a mark against him tonight. Just not a good yeah, my, game. Yeah, my grade overall is a C. And but but here's the thing. I'm gonna put it in perspective. Try to put a bow on it and, and be a little positive because I've been criticized. Oh my, yeah, I, I hate. Yeah, yeah. I said segment. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a little bit because I've been criticized for being, you know, the guy from the north side. You know how north siders are. If you don't know how north siders are, just ask Pittsburgh guys. You know how Northside guys are. So I'm going to be a little positive, which is a little bit of a change. I think what we saw this weekend, the AFC is pretty bad. I don't know if I'll say bad. There's nobody really good. When the best team in the AFC is a team, or in my opinion, the best team in the AFC was the Bills, is a team that you beat, albeit I think it's the first week, and they lose to Jacksonville. I think this is a season really – where if you can just piece together some wins, especially going down the stretch when, you know, you already got the win over the Browns. The Bungles have come back to the pack. They got smashed this weekend. I mean, anytime you score 41 points or 42 and your quarterback completes 14, 12, 14 passes, you got destroyed. There was a lot of stuff going on. You got smashed. Um, that's just funny. James Galway is hilarious. Your, your, your Irish brother. Uh, Millette played like his name. I yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. But, but, Mallette is, but, wow, that was bad. Mallette's going to have a rough there, day with his five snaps and if, if, futility today. If there's any year, though, where you can kind of not be all that good, and like you said, if getting to the playoffs is the measuring stick and you stumble into the playoffs, I'm kind of looking at their schedule now and going, man, I did say seven and Seven and ten, excuse me. I, you know, I, I hate that it's 
17 games. I, I could see a pathway where they can kind of stink their way possibly and stumble into the playoffs because the AFC weird? is not that good. I know. It's just like they, the way that they've played, and if you were to look at the reactions going on around right now, check out Steelers Wire, check out Steelers Wire on Twitter. Steelers Wire now can tell you in the comments how bad it is. I promise you it's nothing but just pure savagery. That's how upset fans are at a team that moved improved to to it's late. Are they five and three or five and four? They're five, five and three, three, right? Yeah. They're a five and three team. I did not expect them to be five and three this season. They are um favored by what Matt is telling us, nine, nine and a half points, which is insane to me for any Steelers team. They could sit at six and three at what's kind of the midway point of the season. It, it almost seems it's going to be hard for them not to make the playoffs. I mean, they're, if they completely blow it over the last, you know, nine games, which they very well could, but they don't have to beat the best teams left on their schedule for them to qualify for the playoffs, not with a, a, a 17 playoff field. It's just weird to me that this team, it's not going to be like they overachieved. It really, they could back into the playoffs at eight and nine. In fact, somebody's probably going to do that the way that it looks in the AFC right now. You, you switch around up and down. I think we even said on the show, Lance, that Cincinnati was once the top seed in the AFC. Cincinnati's given up 900 points in the last two weeks. They're not the top team. Add another did, zero. Did you 9, watch 000. that Baltimore game? My they God, got, Baltimore's got, defense is, is horrible. They 9, can't 000. stop water from running uphill. And Minnesota, it, I'll be fair. Baltimore destroyed Minnesota for the most part of the second half. Yeah, they did. But they gave up big play after big play after big play. And they they answered after a while. It takes them so long to get going. And they need miracles from Lamar Jackson, who I don't think played very well in that game. Everyone's praising him as the MVP. I don't know who the Ravens are. It, it's, it's weird. And you get the same thing out of Buffalo. Buffalo is a team that's averaging 40 points a game scoring. They scored six against Jacksonville. I mean, Wow. Ask anybody this weekend, if Buffalo was going to allow Jacksonville to score nine points, by how many points do they win that game by? Everybody would have said 20, 30, 40, somewhere in there. Nobody has them losing that game. How good is Tennessee? Tennessee just pulled off a massive upset in Los Angeles, largely due to who I thought was the MVP of the league. Matthew Stafford having a, a, a mental blank for about five minutes of time, turns the ball over, leads to touchdowns. They, I think the Rams are the best team in the game, and they lost to Tennessee, who's playing without Derrick Henry. How good are they going to be without Derrick Henry? There is not a dominant team in the AFC. There just isn't. I don't, yeah, you know, it, it, a different team is going to rise to that throne each week, and I can say that definitively because now everyone's saying that it's Tennessee. Like, okay, Tennessee still doesn't have Derrick Henry. The, the Ryan Tannehill Express is not going very far. Okay, they're they're not a good team anyway, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to get good enough to, to say, even if they are the top seed, I it could be a one through seven race. And Kansas City hasn't put everything together yet either. Keep that in mind. Let, 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 let's tease this out, right? I'm looking at the schedule here. Steelers are five and three. I think we both agree they beat Detroit. I think it'll be interesting. Every oh. every game, every game is going <laughs> to be interesting. But I don't again. But it's not minus nine. I think they beat Detroit. So let's just say. They're six and three, right? Week 11, they go to the Chargers. I say they lose that game on the road going out west. 
you know, that's the game, the kind of a game that they lose when they go out west. They're six and four. They go to Cincinnati. Hey, they spring a upset, right? Seven and four. Right. Then you got Baltimore. Let's say you lose that seven and five. You're at Minnesota. Maybe you lose that seven and six uh, because you're on the road. Uh, you beat Tennessee. No Derrick Henry at home. Uh, what is that? What is that? What do I have them at? Eight and six at that point. And then you got Kansas City and Cleveland and Baltimore in the last three games. They this team could stink their way honestly into double digit wins, or they could lose all of them. And that's and and that's the variability I think that's with this team. And uh, big up to. Ali Howard, Species 5618, big up to him for hopping on to the program. I know it is late, and I want to appreciate all you guys for hopping on to the program. But let's round this up, because I know it's getting late on your end and late on my end. And I was thinking about a new segment for you, Neil. Before I jump into my yeah, I said it. Uh, do you want to get loose on a Neil rant? Neil's rant for this evening? I think my entire presence on the show has been one long rant. I, I think so. I think you might have went through your best material. Oh, but answer this question, because this is a new listener on the show. Uh, pick up to you for hopping onto the program, to Christopher Kochcho. Kochcho. <laughs> I mean, I'm bad with names. I'm sorry, Christopher. I should just say just Christopher K. Christopher, yeah, Christopher K. Um, big up, CK. Crip killer. Um, What's the ceiling on this program? On, on this, not this program, but what's the ceiling on this team? Is that, is that what we're talking about? This team? Um, yes. What is the ceiling on this team? And Double and H wanted and you and to go nuts. He wanted you to go nuts oh, with your man. rant, but you could oh, go nuts on the ceiling on this me. team. Don't tempt me. Um, here's the thing. Like you, I think they can beat the Lions. We'll see if they actually do. Um, I don't like him against the Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, the Vikings. They should oh be, but a, a short week uh, road game, you never know. I don't like Tennessee. I can't imagine what they're going to be like by that point. Who knows what you're getting with the Chiefs, Browns, Ravens, all that. Put five wins of that. They're nine and eight. Um, let's say that that's the sixth seed. What we're looking at right now is probably a road playoff game against Baltimore. Um, or Tennessee or Buffalo, probably one of those teams, I would guess. I, I think they could beat all of those teams. I don't think they're quite good enough. I, I don't think they're better than any of those teams. So I, for me, the ceiling would be uh, the divisional round. I, I think they can get into the playoffs, get an upset in the first round. Shit, by that logic, who knows? Maybe they could make the title game. I mean, <laughs> the AFC is just not consistent, and it's not good. So I don't know. Um, Here's what I think needs to happen for that, for, for them to make that push before I get into my, yeah, I said it. They've got to sit Dan Moore. Uh, Banner has to they're, get healthy. They're begging to get Dan Moore out of the game. They're he begging. has to sit. They, ha they have to get that resolved uh, where they can get more consistency and they can run the ball a little bit better as well. The other thing is Millette can no longer play. Oh, boy. And they've got to they got to solidify their coverages. You don't um, see guys. I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but you don't see NFL players chasing a guy that's obviously their coverage responsibility 
straight up the sideline the way yes. Mullet did twice on yes. the series. That's yes. really bad. That that yes. something went horribly wrong. He's chasing the guy like he stole something. I mean, it's he's not even close. He's not competing at all. What what happened? I mean, it, oh, it's just an absolute disaster. Put him up there with Ray Ray. I think Steelers Freak said it best. The Steelers are in FB football purgatory. Good enough to not get a good draft pick, but bad enough to lose in the playoffs. Yeah, but let's let's not worry about the draft pick. The draft yeah, pick thing yeah. is so overrated. That, that, it, that's it. That is what it is. Exactly. If you want hype, then fine. Get those picks. But the, the fact you look at this year's class. <coughs> See, you got me going. This Steelers team would probably win four or five games total this year, if not for the rookie class that they brought in. Right. And they were drafting. Right. <clears throat> I've said this a bunch on this on this show, Lance. This team had the roster of a team drafting 10 overall, and they were drafting 24 overall, okay? That's a bad situation to be in if you're trying to build a team to compete now. Their first four picks had to start. You don't see that much out of a team drafting 24 overall in the first round. <clears throat> Short of you trading down, you don't do that very much. That's how thin this team was going into this offseason. They put together, and I, I was not 100% sold on anybody that they drafted. You know that. I wasn't big on the draft class. The way that these guys are playing, the way that they're producing right now, they're doing a fantastic job. You have to love where Frymouth is going. I think Najee will see better days. He's going to get better, I think, as a player. Green probably as well. I don't think Dan Moore has anywhere to go but up, but uh, uh, no, Isaiah Loudermilk is already a contributing player on the Steelers' defensive line from the fifth round. That doesn't happen. That doesn't. It, it never happens. Their nickelback, their dimeback, is has been Trey Norwood. He's a seventh round pick. They're getting run out of most of their guys. And last weekend, if you want to count their sixth round pick, Quincy Roche had a game winning sack. They drafted him. I think he counts. He's not on their team, but their rookie class, they did, they did a great job. That was drafting a 24 overall. It's a matter of what guys are there. They can fit into what you're doing. And that, that's what the Steelers have done really well. If they can back up this class with another good class, drafting probably the way it looks right now, 18, 19 in there somewhere. If they can do that again, you're looking at a contending team. If, if they can figure out the quarterback position, like you know every other team in the league, if they're able to do that, they've got a great chance. Their ceiling is going to be a lot higher starting next year. It was never really going to be this team. This is kind of the, the character building team. This is the, the first season of the show. You know, you got you to gotta build the conflict up to, to develop your characters. That's where they're going. I, they're going to be a lot better in the future. It wasn't going to be this year. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it, man. It all comes down to, I think they, you know, they definitely hit on the first two guys. And so you can build from that just in general. Even if you missed on the other guys, you can build from that. And hopefully the offensive linemen that they draft to get better. But the big question is moving forward, I think, is the quarterback position. I think we all know that Ben Roethlisberger and Levy kind of alluded to it on the broadcast. After, I mean, after Schefter all but said Ben was retiring after yeah, the season, too. He's not going to take his thunder I mean, from him. But Schefter was – you could tell he was very diplomatic in the words that he was choosing. He knows he's retiring. He's not going to say that on the air. But we all know that's going to happen. And sad day when he does, celebrate his career, that's all great and everything. Uh, they, I, I really hope next year's quarterback is not currently on their roster. I'll just say that. <laughs> I, I think it is. 
but I don't I don't want that to be the case. Well, let me say this, and let me jump into my yeah, I said it. I hate Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I said I, I hate Twitter. Graphic, graphic to throw up right at that spot. I, I I absolutely hate Twitter. And the reason I hate Twitter is you cannot typically have a conversation with most people on Twitter. Everyone on Twitter is right. No one is wrong. Everybody knows everything. I absolutely hate Twitter. And I was encouraged to, you know, interact with more people to build listenership and I don't know if I can do it. I hate Twitter. Twitter is the absolute worst. I got another one for the yeah, I, yeah, I said it. I hate the word hater. I hate when people use hater because in my in my in my opinion, critiquing and hating is different. Like if you hate on someone, I'm using a term would be. Let, let's say you don't say Michael Jordan is a is is a great basketball player. That would be an example of hate. Um, saying Michael Jordan might struggle going to his left, which he didn't, but whatever. That's just a that's just a critique. There is still room. And, and, and Mel, you're correct, Mel. Let me apologize. That's why I said some people. You can have a conversation with me. Lance and Neil, <laughs> some people, but that, but for the most part, there's there's no room for criticism or critiquing either on Twitter. So I hate the term hater. People, you critique something, you're a hater. Um, I hate Twitter, and let me give you my last one. Yeah, I said it. I hate T.J. Watt celebrating garbage sacks. <laughs> Absolutely hate it. I mean. Every he had, come he on, had man. Three pretty impressive garbage I mean, sacks. I mean, come on, man. Honest. They were pretty I mean, come hollow. On, man, man. Like, I hate when TJ celebrates garbage sacks. I mean, come on, man. Like, TJ, you got the bucks. You got the cash. You got the money. We know who you are. We know you're the second best player on that defense. I mean, hey, you don't got to kick your feet and celebrate that you're the second best player on the Steelers' defense. That the best player on the Steelers is actually number 97, Cameron Hayward, who should be a first-time or 0.5. He should be even more than a first-team All-Pro. We all know who's the best player. You know, maybe he has to kick his leg and celebrate garbage sacks because he has to take shine away from Cameron Hayward. I don't know. You I got to show hate... everybody he's going to work out after the game. Yeah, I don't know. I just hate to see TJ celebrate garbage sacks. What garbage sacks? Come on, man. Oh, man. Come on, man. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph. He's the best player on that team. I hate T.J. Watt celebrating garbage sacks to bring light on himself that he's the second best defensive player on the Steelers roster. That's my yeah, I said it. You got anything to follow up with that, Neil? I don't. Tired of going to bed. I got to get the kid up early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are going to conclude the program. And as always, I want to thank all of you guys, especially Neil and everybody on the East Coast that hopped onto the show. It's late as hell in the East Coast, but it was a great night in Pittsburgh. It was actually kind of warm in November. Uh, so it was great. But with that, we're going to get out of here. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe, and hit the damn like button. See ya.